reading today comes from Matthew. Oh yeah, Sunday school kids, crèche, if you'd like to make your way out, follow the lovely ladies to the left. Sunday school to the right. Awesome. Uh, if you want to follow along, today's reading comes from Matthew 17. Matthew 17, verses 14 to 21. Just give you a second to pull that up. Matthew 17, verses 14 to 21. My version has the title, Jesus Heals a Demon-Possessed Boy. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, Because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. That's the reading for today. Thank you, David. Um, context here is crucial. Um, the, um, we hear about this situation, um, and the disciples can't do something. Now, and if you read that in isolation, you go, okay, the disciples couldn't do something, and Jesus could do it. Um, but the thing is, Jesus, we're very clearly told that Jesus has empowered the disciples to do this. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus called the 12 to them and said, You have authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. So he'd given them the authority to do this. He didn't say there will be particular types of spirits you can't do this to. He didn't say there will be particular types of things you can't heal. That's not what the gospel says. It says, no, you have authority to do this. I'm giving you authority to do this. And so... Very clearly, in the context of this gospel, what's one of the things that's meant to strike you in this story is they should have been able to do this. Jesus gave them the power to do it. So why couldn't they do it? And the, and the passage doesn't leave that unclear, but we need to unpack what that means. It says they didn't have faith. They, they didn't have enough faith to do it. And the reading of the whole verse from verse 20, when he kind of opens up what he means by little faith, and he says, well, if you, even if you had like the faith of a mustard seed, you'd be able to move mountains. Really, it all pretty much is saying that they didn't have faith. Not that they even had small faith. They, they just had no faith. 
and it didn't work. What's gone wrong, wrong here? What does it mean that they didn't have faith? I mean, they were given authority to do it, and they couldn't do it. And Jesus says this is all about faith. And I think when it, when it comes from acting out of a posture of faith in God, the sheets that have been handed to you, I want to talk to them soon. Um, I find, though, the part of faith that helps me grasp and apply this the most... Um, faith is dependence on God. A big part of faith is dependence on God. And I think one of the best ways to understand what has gone on here is that the disciples have lost their dependence on God. So they're doing things that Jesus has asked them to do and has given them authority to do, but they've, they're in this situation, they lost their posture of depending on God to do it. And to help us understand what it means to depend on God, I want to go back again because we're going to take a whole gospel view of this to what Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. And we've got, you've got the Lord's Prayer in front of you. And, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll just we read it. And often when you read the Lord's Prayer, people start reading along, force of habit. But it's okay. I'm going to read it. And if you want to read along, you can. Just it's in front of you. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And when I see the Lord's Prayer, I see six attributes of God to lean into. And they're right there, you know. Um, we, it's, it's an opportunity to lean into God as our Father, to lean into Him as our King, His will is overall, to lean into Him as our Protector. I mean, that's meant to say um, Provider. I'm sorry, yeah, so Provider, to lean into Him as our Provider, Forgiver, our Protector, and, then, and our Deliverer. And, and Jesus, now... The way the Lord's Prayer has been used as this thing we say in all big one chunk and we say it on Sundays. What's interesting is that Jesus models to us how the Lord's Prayer is meant to be used. Now, this was something that was pointed out to me. I was like, oh my goodness, that is so helpful. Jesus uses his Lord's Prayer as a toolbox. When he is, when he is going through um, his last phases before the cross, he keeps pulling out different prayers from the Lord's Prayer, depending on what he's going through. So I'll show you what I mean. In Matthew 26, right, when he's in Gethsemane, he falls to his knees, and he starts at the start of the prayer. So he starts with, my father, so he, and he's riffing off it. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. So he starts with addressing at his father. Then the next part comes from the next part of the prayer. Yet yeah, not as I will, but as you will. Your will be done. So Jesus is using the toolbox of his own prayer to help himself lean into the attributes of God. Start with God as Father, and then, okay, this is a part where it's my will that's struggling here against what God wants, what the Father wants me to do. So now is a good time for me to pray, yet not as I will, but as you will. And then when he goes to his disciples in that section, when they're trying to stay awake, what does he ask them to pray? He says, watch that you do not fall into temptation. In other words... Oh, you know the part of the Lord's Prayer that says, lead me not into temptation. That's a good time for you guys to be praying that part of the prayer because right now you're really tempted to sleep and I really need you to stay awake. Um, he's, he actually models the Lord's Prayer as here is six prayers that are always relevant just about in everything you're going through and you will always need to lean into one of these attributes of God. If you, you know, Are there times in your life where your will is struggling against God's will? So is there an appropriate time for you to go, this is a good time for you to get on your knees and say, not my will, but your be done? Are there times where you're struggling to feel the worth 
of God's, you know, of, of worth, of love and belonging? Is it time to just address your father as father? Then lean into the start of the Lord's Prayer. Call him father. Is there a time when you're struggling with temptation and you feel pulled into anger? I know this, you know, you believe it or not, there are times I get really angry and um, I struggle with anger sometimes and it's bottled up inside. And the Lord's Prayer is incredibly helpful. Because as I read the last part, lead me not into temptation, it helps me realize the, the devil right now is trying to tempt me to anger. And I know that if I move from this space, I will hurt people. I need to pray this prayer. I, I believe the Lord's Prayer was never meant to be kept in a church. You were meant to take it with you everywhere you go and lean into all those attributes of God all the time. Okay, can you tell me, is there anyone in this room where one of those attributes is not going to be relevant this, at one point this week? Maybe you're going to stress about your finances. You'll need to lean into your God as your provider. Maybe you're going to, you know, feel a little down on yourself. You need to lean into your God as Father. Maybe there's something you're not overcoming. You need to ask Him for deliverance. And don't just use it for yourself. Use it for others. Think about someone. If I think of, um, if I think of Reuben over there and I go through the attributes, what, is, what attributes of God does Reuben need to be leaning into right now? It's a really good meditation. Jesus never gives us things for the sake of religious ritual. He gave it to you to use. And I just want to say, if you don't know what to pray, and you struggle with prayer, the prayer that the Lord Jesus suggests is a great start. He's a pretty wise guy. He knows a lot about prayer. If you're unsure what you should get up in the morning and pray, the Lord's Prayer is fantastic. It's a fantastic prayer. And even to take throughout your day and to lean into the different attributes of God. Um, I believe what we see from Jesus is that is how the Lord's Prayer is meant to be used. It's actually these lines that lean into all the key things we need from God um, as, as we try and follow Him. And the Lord's Prayer, so take that with you, is an invitation. If you're stuck in your quiet times, right, I've given you a good start, just wake up, have those attributes before you, do some journaling on what you need to lean into. Come on, let me know what you think. I think it's a great idea. And don't, I, so does Jesus, so you're not allowed to disagree with me. Now, here's the rub. Here's the rub, okay? What has gone wrong here is this. If this prayer is the example of the posture you and I are meant to hold at all times, I believe this is the posture the disciples has lost as they've tried to do the, as they've tried to exercise the authority God has given them, they have lost the posture to do it. And that posture is represented into the Lord's Prayer. The authority that Jesus gave the disciples was meant to be exercised from a posture of faith, a posture of dependence on God. As they heal, who is the healer? God. As they deliver people from demons, who is really delivering them from demons? God. As they announce the kingdom, who is the king? You get the point. Now... And, as, and I reckon the, most, the only thing that makes sense is as they went around healing people, delivering people, I think they forgot, perhaps, their posture. That I'm not, there is a deliverer, there is a protector, there is a forgiver, there is a provider, and we have been given authority by him. And we hold that posture. I mean, Jesus calls it out, right? Look at the conversation in verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? We've been doing that. He replied, Because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, 
You can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. They may have had special authority, but never you never graduate from a need to have dependence on God. You are never so special in the sense that you are become special in a way where you can be special apart from God. Yes, they had special authority as the apostles, but it was a given authority that they needed to maintain their dependence on. I mean, Paul, if there was a line that described what Christian leadership is, follow me as I follow Christ. You never graduate from your position as a follower. You never graduate from your position as someone dependent on God to do his work. And the moment you do... The very best of men and women, and and for goodness sake, if you pay any attention to the news recently, you know this. If you lose your posture of dependence on God and you have power in the church, you can turn into the most rotten person and hurt a heck of a lot of people. Never lose your dependence on God. And to help you stay in that place, God gave you a prayer to use. He said, stick in line with this prayer. Pray it all the time. I mean, if Jesus uses it when he's struggling, it just makes sense. Use it when you're struggling. All right? It's just good. Use it. It helps you stay in the right posture. I want to speak to a little because, okay, in the evangelical Protestant tradition, right, we like to things to stay controlled. Like as in when Jesus is something extreme, we like to be able to super explain it away. So Jesus did just say here, so he said to John right here in the front row, John, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, bro, you can just tell a mountain to move. Now, the Protestants like to do this. We like to go, what Jesus really means is, and we just like to control it as much as we can to make it nice and simple so that we can grasp it and go, okay, he didn't really mean, okay, like, you know, like we, we, want, we want boundaries on this. You know what? I think that's inappropriate. We leave things mysterious that are mysterious. Like, the truth is you can do great things with faith. Probably more than you can imagine. Probably, you can probably conquer more than you can imagine. God probably has bigger things than what you think. And, and if you say to me, are you saying that, that I can move a mountain? I'm going to say, I don't know. And I'm not going to give you a cute little answer to help you feel better. Because I don't think that's what Jesus wants us to do with his extreme statements. I think he wants us to wrestle with them. Because I'll tell you, and, and I'll tell you this one thing though. If there is this, because you often get the answer... And a youth group would say this sometimes. So you're saying if I have enough faith, I can have a Ferrari. You know, someone will say that, right? Like, look, the truth is um, that there is, he can speak to that though. Because Jesus, if he felt it would honour his kingdom, probably can give you a Ferrari. But I don't think it does. Um, if, if we're talking about the right posture, and this, faith, and this verse is all about faith, right? What is faith? Faith is, is represented in the Lord's Prayer. Faith is dependence on God and faith is in God's will, then that doesn't really work because that actually that question has nothing to do with seeking God's will. This is all in the context of faith in him. So it's moving mountains in the context of faith in him. It's not moving mountains in the context of building an empire for yourself. But I'll tell you this. If there is an extreme statement, I will say to you, and I believe that if you walk out today and you believe this, your life can shift into something better. And if I walk away and believe this, my life can shift into something better because I don't believe it all the time. But I want to say it is 100% true for everyone here that whatever God's will is for your life, it is completely within your reach. I have no problem saying that. Whatever God's will is for your life, it is completely within your reach with faith in God. 
God has made it completely possible. No exception. Of course you cannot be the person next to you and do what they do, because that's them and that's their journey with God. Ever watch the Narnia series, whenever a character tries to ask Aslan about another person's journey, he pretty much just says, it's their journey, bro, don't worry about it. It's not yours. But for whatever God has for you, whatever mountains he wants you to climb, it is completely within your reach with yourself. He has never set you anything that he will not equip you for, if he has set it for you. You don't get an out for comparing yourself to anyone else, because whatever God has set for you, he has empowered you for with faith. If you have faith in him, you can do it, because it's for you. But that is that is that is a powerful statement that is always true. If there are people God wants you to reach, I'm talking about you, you can reach them. Completely possible with faith in God. If there are fears and anxiety and guilt and shame that God wants to heal, if that's in his will to do that, it is completely within your reach with faith in him. If there are tasks God wants you to complete, it is completely within your reach. Absolutely. And every time you have adversity, every time you experience a gap, so the disciples here experience a gap. And what's happening in the Gospels is Jesus is giving the disciples on-the-job training. This is on-the-job training. I mean, this is how we need to learn this in the church. Jesus had a high tolerance for failure. He sent them out, they failed, he taught them stuff. He sent them out, they failed, he taught them stuff. We, we sometimes have this attitude in the church of, no, prepare them for seven years and then we might trust them. No, no, send them out and as they make mistakes and as we serve Jesus and make mistakes and fail, we can learn as we go. But in the adversity, because the disciples have come up against a situation where their faith was lacking, they have an opportunity now to grow their faith. And I want to say that's absolutely true for you. For the things that you struggle against, that you're feeling like there's no breakthrough or that you're feeling like God's against you, there is an opportunity there for you to grow your faith. There's an opportunity for you to lean into the attributes of God deeper. And sometimes the reason God isn't making your life easy and removing it is because he's not going to let you take another step until you learn to lean in deeper because he wants that. He wants that relationship with you. I want to share a little bit. I've shared bits and pieces, but... um. I won't speak much longer, we have the meeting, but um, look, for me, um, I've shared this story with a couple of people. Um, so on this retreat I went to, which was very, stripped me bare and it was pretty crazy. Um, I, so you have this turn, right? And it's your, when it's your turn, you, you share for a couple of hours your story. And that's not hard to do in that setting, right? You know, they gather around, they, they, you start from birth and you just talk through your story and you see what God brings up. Um, and... And it was a pretty full week because a lot of listening going on. And I had this feeling inside. I said, well, if I'm going to share for two hours, I'm going to, I need to prepare. I need to prepare. I need to prepare. I need to go to my room and make some notes. I need to prepare. Um, and, and for those who know, um, I sometimes feel like I'm ad-libbing, but I never speak unprepared, hardly ever. I always have done preparation. I'm very uncomfortable ad-libbing. I don't, I don't like doing it. Um, but, but, and that can be a good thing, um, but God kind of uncovered some things for me. So... I was like, I need to prepare. But no one else had prepared. Everyone just went with it and sat and just enjoyed the space. And I was walking, I was having a quiet time with the kangaroos at Mount Schoenstatt. Um, kangaroos are very unnerving early in the morning. They just stare at you like they want to kill you. I don't know, it's, it's scary. Um, but anyway, I was walking and, um, and I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to not prepare. And I'm like, well, well, 
And I felt like God asked me, why do you need to prepare? And I said, because I need to be interesting. And then, and then the Holy, and then I felt like God said, "Well, why do why do you need to be interesting? I don't know, because it's really important that I'm interesting. When I speak, it's interesting. And it, is that important? All right. Anyway, so I didn't really know what, but I felt like God didn't want me to prepare. So I sat, and nothing came out that was crazy. I would have shared it anyway, but it came out unprepared. I didn't really knew what I know what I said, and I started to shrink inside. I started to get very embarrassed. I started to cry. And the group's like, what's going on? And I, I, I couldn't work it out. And um, basically, guys, like I got bullied a lot when I was younger. And, and speaking is one of the ways I've gotten a lot of love and of affirmation. And I, and I actually realized that this wound in me that thinks that the moment I'm not interesting up the front is the moment people walk away from me. And God uncovered it and it hurt like crazy. I'm like, I was just in a lot of pain because... I hate knowing that I'm that shame-driven, right? Like, like, I remember just feeling like, oh, I'm just... And, and, and then, but then what the reason... Obviously, God, I thought he was armed with the fertilizer and the watering can that weekend. He had more like pruning shears, like he wanted to help me out a bit. And um, the reason I went through that, though, is God is giving me an opportunity to grow. He's saying, Nate, I'm showing this to you. You're experiencing this adversity so that you can grow and so that you can stop being someone with the foolish belief that you're only worth anything if you're a good speaker. And that's why I needed you to experience like not knowing if you did a good job because that was a very insecure space for me. Now, that's not an insecure space for you. Like Other people, like it's different things for everyone, right? But I suppose for me, when I read the Lord's Prayer after that, it's like... Oh, that's right. My worth is caught up on this. God is my deliverer. He's my protector. He forgave me before I did anything wrong. He's, you know, like, it was this opportunity to go deeper and become a stronger person of faith who believes in God more deeply. Now, that's a little to the side of the type of challenge the disciples had, but they experienced adversity. They experienced parts of themselves that rely on themselves or, or maybe were interested in pleasing man rather than pleasing God. And in that moment, they have an opportunity. They have an opportunity for God to do work in their hearts. And so may you be trained, whenever you experience feeling exposed or embarrassed or shame, may you understand that the Holy Spirit wants to do something and heal something and change your posture for how you approach your life. And the way you'll become aware of that is if you stay close to God and let him speak to you in those moments. I mean, so, I guess I want to finish with a couple of things. Um, first thing, can you, um, if you, if you are a bit stuck, I mean, some people have great routines um, with their own personal devotions, but feel free to take that and use it as a journaling exercise. I guarantee you, if you practice it, it's really good. I mean, and I, like I said, I don't, I'm not like a salesman. I'm just saying, well, Jesus said it was a good idea, so have a go. Like, if Jesus says it's good, it's good. Like, guaranteed, 100%. Um, take that prayer with you. Whenever you're angry during your day, say, well, oh, which, which, which prayer in the Lord's Prayer is relevant right now? For me, sometimes it's forgiveness. That's right, Nate. You're, you're a forgiving person, right? Because God forgave. Okay? Sometimes it's something else, like, oh, that's right, I'm relying on myself, I need God's deliverance. Use that prayer. The other thing is, um, if you have someone that you share life with and you, do, and you get in spiritual chats about and help each other follow Jesus, this is also good. Like, sit with, if you've got people in the church that you trust, you can go, hey, which attributes of God have you needed to lean into this week? 
You know, what a great question. What a great question to pray over each other as well. Um, and, you know, and because like spiritual maturity, um, when it comes to taking responsibility for ourselves, we need more than this sort of one-way stuff. We actually need to be in each other's lives. And if you want another tool you can use to help connect with someone and say, hey, for the next 10 weeks, why don't we just go through the Lord's Prayer and ask about what we need to lean into God, that would be another good thing to do as well. Um, but let's not be like the disciples. Let's not think when things are going well. Let's not forget where our power comes from. Our power comes from the Lord. Our dependence is fully on His love, on His forgiveness and His grace and His power in our lives. And we will be able to do whatever God has for us if we rely on Him. So what I'd like to finish with, because it just seems pretty apt, why don't we finish by saying the Lord's Prayer together? And then, oh, do we have one more song, Johnny? We have another song. Keith's got some morning tea for us if you want to have a little cuppa and biscuit before the meeting. If you're a non-member and you're unfamiliar with business meetings, you're welcome to stick around, be part of it. Um, and if you want to know what a member is, you can also ask that as well. You don't wear special underpants or anything. It's, it's, it's just, yeah, it's nothing like that. It's nothing weird like that. Um, but why don't, why don't we say the Lord's Prayer together? Why don't we stand and say the Lord's Prayer together and then they'll come up and lead us in worship. Okay. And the Lord Jesus said, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Thanks, Johnny.